I'm Bryce. And with us this week, we have an incredibly special guest in one Kevin Powell. Hello. How, how are things in Utah? They're going. They exist? They exist, yeah. Cold week, but basketball warms me up, always. Always. All right. Finally, the Avatar 3D limited edition 3D Blu-ray. We're very excited to have Avatar and Blu-ray with us. Uh, nothing else to do other than jump right into the news. I mean, we usually, I guess, give a tease on the meat of the podcast. So it's a Wonders and Blunders season re- in review for Keyboard Cat and the Goats. Previously, G League Dynasty. Previously. Um, maybe we should start our, our news there with yeah. the G League Dynasty being rebranded. Uh, very, very exciting stuff. Um, did you get a chance to see that, Kevin? I did, yeah. It's fun because, I mean, let's be honest, Taylor is is a staple in the league. <laughs> like, what would this league be without Taylor Gohagen? Well, about the same because he only has one title, so he hasn't done a lot that actually long-term <laughs> matters. I would probably have more wins under my belt than losses. Uh, that's one change, but... Yeah, no, Taylor is a great uh, addition to the league, or not addition, but a great part of the league. And uh, for for weeks now, we've been doing this podcast, and I knew about his team name weeks ago. So I went ahead with this sound drop. I told you all that I was the greatest of all time. Because I'm too lazy, and I knew his team name was going to be the Goats. So I just went ahead and made it that, so I don't have to change it later. That's crafty. Yeah. Um, good color scheme. Uh, I, I think it's a very professional-looking logo. Uh, I remember working on it a long time ago, months ago, uh, kind of the, uh, the storybook prop uh, stage, if you will. And then Brandon really put some polish on that logo, making it look real professional. Very polished. Uh, we also have, moving on in the news, we had a trade, not this week, but two weeks ago. We've actually gone like a full week without a trade, which is the longest that we've had this off season. Yeah. So that trade was between the flock and Dunkman gets paid. The flock sent Daniel Tice, Rainbow Riders, 2023 first rounder and the Yao Ming dynasty's 2023 first rounder to Dunkman gets paid for Hassan Whiteside. So not like that one either. And another technical foul. And this was when Duncan, Duncan's out of the game. He scored Duncan out of the game. So what do we make of that? It seemed like a really risky deal because Hassan Whiteside was Dunkman's best player last year, but he certainly seems like he's He's primed to drop off. No, there's no way he's going to. But he still could be quite good. Hassan Whiteside has a pretty long track record of being a good fantasy player. Sometimes great, sometimes worth owning but yeah. but at the same time i i you know if he if he goes back to portland i don't think he's worth rostering Probably not. so it, a lot of it depends on he's a free agent this year it's it all depends on where he goes if he goes somewhere and they give him 28 minutes a game i think he's still quite productive if he goes somewhere and gets 15 minutes a game he's droppable and to get a comparably useful player in tice 
Um, he doesn't have the upside, obviously, but he could still be useful to get that plus two first round picks. That's, Trevor got Tyson two first rounders. Yeah. Okay. That's about as about as about as good as you could do for Whiteside. I think that's better than what you could have expected, actually. Well, they're not very good picks, though. Rainbow Riders and Yao Ming Dynasty in 23. I don't think those are very valuable picks. Yeah. But it's still two first rounders. Two first rounders never hurts. Uh, I got Donovan Mitchell picked 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. So, what are your thoughts, Kevin? Um, I mean, I think you're right on the money. It depends on where he goes. One of the interesting things about Whiteside is that he's not a very, he's not going to be a sustainable numbers guy because just the nature of his game. He's not the kind of person who's going to get his own stats or to keep his own, you know, production up. Obviously, the blocks are going to stay there, the rebounds are going to stay there, but I mean, you're going to lose a you're going to lose a lot depending on who his point guard is, who the team is around him. You know, if he ends up going to to a bad team where, you know, like like the Knicks, then he might get a lot of touches. But you know, he's previously had Lillard, who sucked up a lot of defense. Who you know, people were worried about. He needs those penetrating guards if he's going to produce offensively and kind of get outside of just those those automatics that he's going to get the rebounds and the blocks. So it's uh, it's gonna be interesting. I also think he's just not maybe a winning type ball player. Like you saw how the Blazers treated him in the playoffs. He was just he did yeah. very little. And so if I'm trying to win, do I want to bring in Hassan Whiteside to play a major role? Probably not because he's just not that useful for winning. But if I'm rebuilding, do I want to bring in a older Hassan Whiteside? Probably not. So it's it's a risky move because. Like I say, Whiteside was fantastic last year. Yeah. But he could fall right off a cliff. I agree. All right. Um, and then what was so – Benson? and that was Benson's piece was Whiteside. So is there a clear winner, uh, a winner here? I do not know. I I don't know. It's just a fair I, trade. I guess it's just the it's like I say there there's so much so much risk and it's all outside of everybody's hand like anyone's hands you, it just where's he gonna go how many minutes is he gonna get um yeah I, I'd say it's a pretty even trade yeah but who knows well I was trying to I was trying I was hoping to find an easy segue right into this but I didn't so. Nice rooster. What's his name? Oh, well, this is little Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> I wasn't quick enough for really. you. you got that. That trade. Um, and then our last piece of news is we had the draft lottery last week, which led to a very special podcast that was at times difficult to hear, but always worth listening to, yeah, I thought. It was fun. Um, I learned a lot about taking the podcast on the road that week. Yeah, you know, we're, uh, yeah. we're still in our infancy. <laughs> but we're growing every day. Um, but we'll just go over the, the the lottery results, which makes for a very convenient guest host today. But it was the East Mesa Trading Company's picking number one via Jaw Dogs, Avatar on Blu-ray number two, Winning 8 Toto via the East Mesa Trading Company, the East Mesa Trading Company via the Super Zombies, Boom Shakalaka, Keyboard Cat, Winning 8 Toto, and... Broken walls. Yo ho, yo ho, a pirate's life for me. We pillage, we plunder, we rifle and loot. 
I mean, I won. I yeah, won, yeah, I won, yeah. I the, I the it went very well. Two top four picks. Yeah, that four. Very good. And Kevin, our co-host number two. What? Uh, this is a very successful podcast right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, we did. Everything is coalescing. Yes. So 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 so, how are you guys feeling after that? Uh, I've never ever had a number one pick. The best pick I had was a number three pick. I got Bradley Beal. Mm-hmm, that's good. And I other since then I think at number five pick I drafted Darius Arch. But other than those that's two picks, I haven't had hardly any picks in the top in the lottery. Um, so, Kevin's had the number one pick. I called him or once. Just once? Just once. I did, yeah. A couple years ago. Ended up with Luca. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah. Let me tell you what I love about this draft. And it's the same thing I love about going to the casino. It's that it's a pure gamble. It is a gamble. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> um, it, yeah, like, like with a lot of these guys, they've played little to no competitive basketball for quite some time it's it's tricky but i mean if i'm if i'm if i'm gonna gamble i'd rather be sitting there at number one or number two than right. waiting behind waiting for your cast offs um we got a few we have a few twitter questions and i wanted to read one of them now we can discuss briefly but this comes from a potentially bitter doug not so funny he asks, why do we use a clearly flawed draft system that is clearly biased? Oh, excuse me. He didn't say clearly flawed. I didn't. I was just thinking he said clearly too many in that sentence, but he didn't. Why do we still use a flawed draft system that is clearly biased towards helping good to great teams rather than bad to awful teams? Is this uh, Ben Frederick? Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> the guy who got it. Um, I don't know if you guys have. Thoughts on this? I, I personally don't have any objection to the way we do the draft. I don't think that it favors good teams. I don't know. I, I think you, you you don't make the playoffs. You get a shot at winning the number one pick. I don't know. I think everybody outside the playoff needs help. Yeah. And they're getting help. So. I don't know. I don't know if there's a better way of doing it or not. Oh. It's, it's pretty good, I thought. I think it's the best possible system. Kevin, thoughts? Well, I can say I understand the objection, considering I was a half game out from the playoffs and ended up with the number two pick. No, yeah. you know the the middle class get middler. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's the middle class getting richer. Um, <laughs> I mean, if I understand the frustration being number eight, yeah. I mean, I was number eight not long ago, and I'm the nicest guy anyone's ever met. So clearly, I deserve better. But he also walked with Shea Gilders Alexander. Yeah, well, I'm better at drafting than Ben Frederick, so probably shouldn't hold him up to that standard. But uh, no, I, I think that. Hey, let's not let's not forget Ben Frederick drafted someone very special to me. No. Now today I've come to KFC. They've got a product out called the Bucket for One. So don't say Ben Frederick's a bad drafter. We'll see. Yes. I'm, I'm, we're still waiting for Tyler Hero to have a good season. Hasn't happened yet. He was a um, ben Ben's got some ideas. Maybe we'll have him come on for a brief segment where he can uh, try and rouse the rabble. But I feel, like, I feel like that's an oxymoron because Ben was on the longest podcast that we've put out. He was, but he wants back on. Yeah. Um, but no, I I, I think it, it's working fine. I think that everybody, you know, 
All the teams outside the playoffs need help. I mean, we've been doing this league for 11 years. We're going into year 10. Year 10. So, I mean, it's the first time I've had a number one pick. Has, has anybody had a no, multiple number ones? Ed? Ed is, has. Is he the only one? That I can think of, I suppose. I, I want to go back and look through and see just how unfair the system is because I think if you looked at the top three picks every year and just see who, who, who got those picks. I also I just reject the notion that the teams at the very bottom deserve – like, why do you deserve a treat just because you were really bad or because you've been really bad for a long time? Like, yeah. I feel like, like, rewards deserve, should should go to the people who are doing good rather than who are doing bad. So I reject the notion that, that the worst doing teams deserve like it. Well, or just, or, like, managing your team well. Like, if yeah. I manage my team well and you manage your team poorly, why do you deserve extra treats? Because I need more. Because I'm a bad manager. Well, I, I feel like I feel like you ought to just fix that. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe that's overly harsh, but I feel like we have a good system. It's worked so far. I mean, I'm not opposed to a switch, though. If there's a if there's a if there's a better way, but better way. I. Well, the other thing to look at too: the teams who are in the playoffs aren't necessarily young teams either. They've got a lot of guys in their prime, or even approaching the end of their prime, which is really going to open things up for a lot of these teams who are in the, you know, the eight to 12 range who have young players who are still developing. Yeah. And I think like, I think if you look at the league, we're starting to see some over some turnover where, I mean, we saw one consistent contender in the East Mace trading company last year drop off. I think we're going to see a few more in the coming years. And then we're seeing young teams that built through the draft rise up, um, including, Avatar on Blu-ray, um, Keyboard, Keyboard Cat. Cat built through the draft. Rainbow Riders have built more through trades, but still drafted very well, and that was a major part of what yeah, propelled him to the top. So I think we're seeing the system work. Um, it's just maybe not working the way that certain teams and, want. And, and don't forget uh, the Super Zombies. Yeah. I mean, I think they're clearly on their way up because of the way they built through the draft. So, rule number one for surviving zombie land: cardio. The the young stars are on the teams that are out of the playoffs right now. Well, except Shea Gilgis Alexander. Except except my, my apologies. <laughs> Shea Gilgis Alexander, um, Troy Brown Jr. Yeah, we're but I think we're seeing the evidence that the current system works. Yeah. Um, it's not going to work out for everybody every year, but it's not possible for you know everybody to pick first overall yeah. every year. Um, so okay. that's it for our, our mail bag. Excuse me, our our news Nick segment. Bag, yeah. yeah, we uh, took a sidetrack to the mail bag. Okay, I guess we can move into those season and reviews. Let's begin the show by starting it. So who do we got? Who do we got on the docket? First up, we're talking about the keyboard cat. All right. And it's been a few weeks since we've done this, so remind me. How we, are we looking at his off-season trades? Uh, we will look at his off-season trade. He had one. Trade. Trade. And then we'll go from there. But he did have one off-season trade on August 29th. He gave up Kelly Oubre in exchange for the Rainbow Riders' 2020 draft pick. 
which Ooh, which ended up being what pick this year. We can know that now. Let's see. And at that time, he made that trade. Graham was probably not a solidified playoff team. He made a lot of the oh. trades this season. That yeah, that. but it ended up – I don't even remember. So that's kind of a bummer, but it, it's right? a pretty light pick. I think Keller Oubre is good. I think like that some people are maybe a little down on him just because the Suns didn't seem to miss him in the bubble, which seemed like a weird reason to dislike a good, productive young player. He's ranked like, what, 51? Something like that. I think he's – Man, I'd sure like to be the manager that owns that guy. Um, ranked 50 overall. He's young. Yeah. He's he's the type of player that I think any team would want and would want to use. Um, I, I think he's good. I think Ed kind of got beat up on that one. In Ed's defense, though, like the point I was trying to make before is when he made that trade, Bram was probably a, uh, had been a lottery team for a couple of years straight. And who knew that he was going to make trades that got him to where he's at now. So I can he, see that. He kind of got hosed in the, in the sense that he did, didn't mean to get hosed. You know what I mean? Like, well, let me, let me ask the two of you this, since you're both heavily invested in the draft, what draft pick do you think is roughly worth Kelly Oubre? That's a good point. I own Kelly Oubre, but if I didn't, and somebody offered me Kelly Oubre for the one pick, I might take it. What do you think, Kevin? Kevin? I apologize. I muted myself. Oh, that's okay. We were thinking about muting I, you anyway. <laughs> I would, uh, I'd be willing to give up a top two pick for Kelly Oubre. Um, maybe top three in a good year. But no, my, my point is like, oh. even if that trade had worked out really well and the draft pick had been, a very good draft pick. I'm not, sh- I'm still not sure that it's worth it because I just like Kelly Oubre, he's got youth. And I, I think he was better this year than he's typically been, but that tends to happen with players in their early twenties. Um, he was coming off his previous season. He had been ranked 87. Who is that? Sorry, go ahead. Like it's, he was showing a lot of promise. And like I said, he, he's the type of player who's going to get minutes because he is what the NBA wants. I, I don't know. It, it's. I think it was a bad trade. I don't want to beat the dead horse. But... Who, uh, who was the trade with? Was it with Bram or did somebody trade Bram's pick? I don't recall. Okay. I was really hoping you wouldn't ask that. Oh. Uh, but then you did. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, well, Bryce is looking up that and we never find it. I can't, I don't, because honestly, it could have been with me, it could have been with Benson. I don't think it would have been with anybody else. Or other than maybe Bram, but Bram never had Kelly Oubre, so it was probably me or Benson. And I'm inclined to say it was probably me. But anyways, it's sad. When you make as many trains as I do, you really don't remember making them a year later. You're like, I don't know if that was me or not. I need to I need I need to take the take it the foot off the gas pedal a little bit, probably. <laughs> uh all right. Well, so then what, his draft? Let's look at his draft. His draft was fairly uneventful. He had one pick. 
which he uh Kevin Looney. Yes, he used it on Kevon Looney, who I think was fairly highly regarded at the time of the draft. Uh-huh. I never really understood why. He's yeah, always had injury issues. Was late first rounder, right? it, was like 12. it was number 11 overall. Um, Sometimes eh. it just don't work out, you know what I mean? Yeah, he, he was looking at getting a lot of extra minutes there in Golden State, more than he had ever received. He was going to be like the starting center. But he just doesn't – he's got like goofy hips. Like, like his hips are bad, which is a weird thing. But that's been going back since college, and so he's just not healthy enough to play all the minutes. I didn't think I was going to hear you say goofy hips tonight. Goofy, uh, yeah, I mean, it is, it's not one of my typical catchphrases. That, the trade was with the flock, by the way. Oh. But, no, that was, it was a fairly uneventful draft. There was still some, some value on the board there. Rui Hachimura went a couple picks later, but... For the most part, it was a tough draft. He was picking late. But he didn't do Whatever. It. He was trying to win. He's trying to win now. He's got some guys that are, you know what I mean? Like Kevin yes. Lee is a guy that's going to come in and, so, you know, in theory. Yeah, and that was the idea was that he had upside. He he was getting thrust into this role that he was going to become a top 75 player. And to a team that was ready to contend, that was certainly valuable. And he shares our guest's namesake. I don't know. Kevin, do you ever do you ever feel like you'd ever go by Kavon? Uh, can't imagine that happening. Uh, well, it's you an know, option. It, it's it's funny you uh you bring that up because for a lot of years, one of my best players that I owned was Kevin Love, uh, yeah. and one of the things I loved most about him was that we shared a name. <laughs> you had a, you had Kevin Love during like the good Kevin Love years, though. I did, yeah, yeah. and then and then tragically. Traded him for in a package for Chris Bosch, who was the main main part of that package. Tough break. Freaking Taylor. Tough break. (laughs) Poor Chris Bosch. I feel bad for Chris Bosch. He's just fine. I I hope so. I mean, he had blood clots in his lungs. That's not. And the medication they gave him gave him a a new sponsorship. He does commercials for them now. Does he really? Yeah. He does golf with some other guys. I've seen it. That's. I think most prescription drug. Commercials take place on a golf course or while fly fishing. Yeah, they're all like, smiling while they're swinging their clubs. Oh, obviously. All it is is just a bunch of side effects. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, if you've got uh, blood clot issues, hit them up. Yeah. Um, now, while while Ed really didn't do a whole lot in the draft, he did have some pretty darn good free agency ads. Oh, we do have one other trade that we'll go over. On February 29th, he traded Andre Drummond for Drew Holiday. And I think he did a little bit better with that deal. Um, Holiday's always been good. And he was. this kind of allowed him to sort of shift away from a free throw punt build. He still has Clint Capella, but Clint Capella alone I don't think necessitates a punt. And it, he has the option of getting away from Capella and just moving to a more well-rounded build that gives him more flexibility as far as the players that he, he adds. Resurrecting that free throw percentage a little bit. Yeah, and Holiday's really good. Mm-hmm. He, he's getting up there in age, but he's still really good. Um, so I think he did well. This was shortly after um, Drummond was traded to the Cavaliers. Yeah, um, hurt Drummond's value. I think so. I was actually – I went over it, and it didn't hurt him as much as I had thought. There were – I thought that he would drop off a lot in Cleveland, and I do still think that his best basketball is behind him, even though he's kind of in his prime at 27. 
But did you draft Drummond in the original draft? I did not. Oh. Um, I think Ed did then. But he saw fewer minutes, fewer rebounds, kind of fewer everything, except he started shooting more three-pointers for some reason. Uh-huh. He shot like about two a game at 28%. It might be time to knock that off. But I just I worry about Drummond going from being the centerpiece of the team in Detroit to being, you know, a cog in the machine in Cleveland. So I think that was a, a pretty good trade by Eduardo. Um, and for a team that's ready to con- compete right now, I think Drew Holiday will provide some value. Yeah, I think that was a steal for him. I would take Drew Holiday 10 times out of 10 in that deal. Try to choose between the two. Yeah. Well, there we go. Um, and I, but I still, I still get it for the flock as a hard free throw punt team. Drummond helps. No, don't make Benson feel better. Well, no, it's, it, I don't. I think it was a good trade for Ed, no, but let's I think get that drum a little bit harder. That drum on Drummond, get it? Eh, it's okay, I guess. Uh, <laughs> no, it's it's one of those trades where the two teams wanted something different, and I, like I said, I do worry that Drummond's best basketball is behind him, but. He's still a very useful player in that particular type of build. Yeah, for sure. Um, but we'll move on to the the free agency, which is where the keyboard cat really did his magic. Um, he, it, it, there's good stuff in here. I think you'll be impressed. He, he where he does his magic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know either, buddy. I mean, if Goofy Actually, Hips didn't do it. Um, but no, he, he started out Goran Dragic. Um, didn't do much for him. He actually ended up picking up Goran Dragic later, and he, Goran Dragic had a really good playoff, so he might he might actually be worth something now. But uh, moving forward, dro- he dropped Jalen Brunson, added Justice Winslow. His next move on October 24th, he added Devontae Graham, which was a really nice add. Mm-hmm. Um, Devontae Graham's 25 years old and was ranked 80th, 80th this year. Well, he was just as good as Terry Rozier and made like a fraction of the money. So Yeah. Um, that's a really nice – I mean, where would he have gone if he had been – if we redrafted, mm-hmm. would he have been the number three pick overall in the draft? Devontae Graham? Yeah, maybe. Over Barrett? Or wait. He was way better than Barrett last year. Yeah. Uh, now, last year was actually his second season, but he was there available in the but draft. He was a waiver wire. Yes. Um, he's kind of an interesting player. He's really good at threes, really good at assists, um, which is assists are always tough to find. Really bad at field goal percentage, though. Um, he took a little over 15 shots a game and shot 38%, which is terrible. Um, but if he can – if he can get that up, and it's actually higher than it was his rookie year, and so he upped his usage by a ton and upped his efficiency, that's a good sign. So if he can bump that 38% up to 41%, 42% while maintaining those threes and the assist, I think he becomes extremely valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's tough because I don't know that he's actually that good. What happens to him if Charlotte at number three, let's say LaMelo Ball falls or they draft Killian Hayes? I don't know. I mean, if I were Charlotte, I would probably prioritize Graham over Rozier, especially if you can trade Rozier for something, which I think there are teams that could use him. Scary Terry. Yeah, like if he if he went to Philadelphia, I think he makes Philadelphia a lot better. Mm-hmm. So if you're Charlotte, you can trade 
Rozier and then just rely on Graham plus your rookie. Yeah. Um, I think that's an option. Like I said, I, I think Graham's a huge part. He played 35 minutes a game last year. I mean, it's did Rozier play? I don't know. Find that. I'm just curious what the comparison is. What do you think of Delonte Graham, Kevin? Anybody who plays 35 minutes a game is a good pickup. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely worth, worth a risk picking up in the lottery. Somebody who plays that many minutes, somebody who throws up that many threes. I mean, some are some are bound to fall in, right? I think so. Um, yeah, he he was actually fairly efficient from three too at 37. percent That's pretty good. And so if he just kind of Bumps up that two-point percentage. I don't think he's really athletic enough to finish exceptionally well at the rim, which is always going to hold him back. But he's a really useful player. Um, also, in, in answer to your question, Dallin, Terry Rozier played 34.3 minutes. So Graham edged him out by a little bit in terms of minutes. But not much. Not by a lot. I mean, they're pretty barren for talent there in Charlotte. I wish we were to know like, like what their on-off percentage was together, that sort of thing. No, I don't have yeah, I those pages brought up. But no, I, I think he's the guy that they're invested in. Uh, would you like an insider story on Devontae Graham? The one time... On the, on the cracker? Yeah. Devontae Graham? Go ahead. Well, one time we were sitting around after basketball and Benson was talking about trading Bam, and I said, would you trade him for Devontae Graham? And he said he would, but then – so I, I text Ed really fast. I'm like, dude, this is a really good trade. You need to make it right now. But before he could respond, Bram made fun of Benson and laughed at him, and so Benson changed his mind. Oh. Hey, Graham. Nice throws there. What's his name? Oh, well, this is little Jerry Seinfeld. Little Jerry. I let it go a little longer that time so you could hear the laughter. I uh, was laughing. I think I think I think Benson might owe Bram a lunch for that one, <laughs> and you might too because you ended up with Bam. So, yeah. um, no, that anyway, that's a long way of saying very good free agent acquisition, keyboard cat. Yeah. Uh, we'll just move right ahead with the key, with the uh, free agents. He dropped Trevor Ariza and picked up your boy Malik Beasley. Oh, he had him before me. Yes, That's he did. Yeah, he's uh, he's a real trendsetter. Next up, he dropped his draft pick, Kevon Looney, on October 29th, so he got a little less than a month out of him. Well, he was pretty hurt. Right? <laughs> yes. Um, he used that spot to pick up, make another big pickup, Rashawn Holmes. Gosh. Um, I yeah. told you it was magic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rashawn Holmes was ranked number 44 this year, which is – to get from a free agent. He's 27 years old, so he's still in his prime, just coming into his prime. Um, he saw a big bump in minutes and really produced. Um, his Where Graham's biggest detriment was his field goal percentage, that's where Holmes shines. He was scoring 12 points, 12.3 points a game on 65% field goal. That's between the two of them, they average out to being basically field goal percentage neutral. So he lets you carry Graham and take all of Graham's good stats. If you're Ed, are you worried about, and, and so this is unbiasedly as possible, but are you worried about Bagley taking Rashawn Holmes' minutes? I mean, the Kings would be wise to do that. Yeah. But the Kings don't always do what's wise, especially in the long term. If no, they want to make remember the last time the Kings made a good decision. If they want to make the playoffs next year, I think giving Rashawn Holmes another twenty eight minutes a game is probably the right choice. Okay. 
Um, Another 28. Yes. Well, 28 again, not 28 on top of the 28. That would be... Oh, okay. That would be a real <laughs> trick. Um, I believe Will Chamberlain once averaged over 48 minutes a game one year. How do you even do overtime? Overtime, just a lot yeah. Of overtime games? Yes. Well, just a few. Like, Will Chamberlain would just decide before the season which stat he was going to be really good at, and then he would be really good at it. And, like, that was more important than winning. And so one year he decided he was just going to play all the minutes, and so he did. Okay. It's it's not a good strategy, I think but that's a really cool guy though. Uh, he was he was something else. He did I, like, I like Wilchman. He was something else, uh, but no, Rashawn Holmes, pretty good rebounds, good blocks, one point three blocks a game. But really, that field goal percentage is what made him special, and he doesn't really offset it with poor free throw, which you would I would kind of expect out of this type of player, the high energy athletic big man. But a solid seventy nine percent from the free throw line. Uh, didn't score a whole lot, obviously no threes or assists, but a really nice player. Like I said, 27 years old, number 44. That is a great pickup. What do you think, Kevin? One of the things that's tough when you're playing fantasy basketball especially is to not to not only focus on the guys on good teams. There's a lot of fantasy gems out there on bad teams because somebody's got to put up points. Somebody's got to take shots. So paying attention to those bad teams, like paying attention to the the Kings, I mean, pickups like this are why you pay attention to bad teams for fantasy. So, yeah, I mean, somebody has to get – there's just going to be like 110 points and like 40 rebounds a game, and they have to go to somebody. I guess the points may be a little high, but 100 points, it has to go to somebody. Um, so yeah, grabbing Rashawn Holmes to just, even if he's nothing more than a good stats on a bad team guy, that's a lot of value. And I do think that in today's modern age, uh, people want like a cheap athletic center who can defend and Rashawn Holmes can do that. So great pickup. I don't know which one of, I don't know what the best free agent acquisition of the year was, but those two have to be in contention. Absolutely. Next up, he dropped J.J. Redick and picked up Daniel House. J.J. Redick was pretty good, right? Or was it a good year to drop him? I think it was probably a good year to drop him. It's it's a crowded backcourt in New Orleans. If I were if I had J.J. Redick, I would be hoping for a trade. It's just if you've got Holiday, who's better, Ball, who is probably better all around. You've got Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who needs minutes to develop. You've got... Josh Hart, who's good and young and needs minutes to develop. I just don't know that J.J. Reddick's really cutting it. Um, but continuing, he added Daniel House, who was good at times, dropped Malik Beasley and added Eric Pascal, who had like a really hot month yeah, early on. And year, right? yeah, and Eduardo had him for that month. He didn't carry him for much beyond that, but uh, but he did get some really good play out of him. I remember... Early in the season, I was looking at his team, and I'm like, he, he was very high on the standings. And I was like, ah, that team's fake. I ain't scared of that team. I mean, he's getting good play out of Eric Pascal, whoever that is. <laughs> but uh, it was a good pickup. Later on, dro- dropped Justice Winslow, added J.J. Redick, dropped Daniel House, added Derek Jones, dropped Goran Dragic, added your other boy, Dante DiVincenzo. Hey, he got both of those guys. He did. He did. Um Dropped Eric Pascal, added Daniel House. We see it's kind of – it seems like most managers just have that guy that they keep going back to with 
keyboard cat, it seems to be Daniel House. Daniel House. We're seeing Which I've never really got, but I mean he's pretty good, right? I had Daniel House for a couple weeks. You did? He's yeah. Okay. He's okay. Uh, Mike D'Antoni tends to be pretty friendly towards wings who are willing to shoot, and that's what Daniel House is. But uh, next up, dropped Derek Jones, added Aaron Holiday, dropped Dante DiVincenzo, added Jordan McRae, dropped Daniel House, added Dylan Brooks, dropped Aaron Holiday, added Jeremy Grant, a player that he probably should have held on to because yeah, he, he had looked really good in the playoffs. He looked good in the playoffs. I think he's probably going to get a contract that necessitates minutes. Good for Benson. Um, yep. Dropped Jordan McRae, added Omari Spellman. Dropped Omari Spellman, added Eric Gordon. Spellman in the, all the midst of this magic, huh? Yes. Um, that one was not a great ad, though. Add, um, dropped Eric Gordon, added Bruce Brown. Dropped Dylan Brooks, added Daniel House. Dropped Jeremy Grant. Bruce Brown's good on the defensive numbers, isn't he? He's good on defensive numbers. I worry that he might just be Chris Dunn, which is... Or a lesser version of Chris Dunn, perhaps. Yeah. Okay. But like that—that's—that's that's good for streaming if you need to win steals this week. But it's not really something that I would want to own long term. Okay. Um, it's it. He's a point guard who can't shoot, and I don't really trust point guards who can't shoot. He did have a really good summer league though. Okay. Um. But anyway, like I said, drop Jeremy Grant. This was February twenty fourth, so pretty close to the end of the year. If you just gutted that out a little bit longer. Um, added Kent Bazemore, drop Kent Bazemore, added Shake Milton. Um, yeah, he if he's like the starting point guard for the 76ers, he's worth owning. Any starting point guard's worth owning. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's good enough to be the starting point guard for the 76ers, but we'll see. Weren't they pretty good with him on the court? Even when Simmons was on the court, too? Yeah. Yeah. Because they had a point guard who could what shoot. Was, do you know who his stats pulled up? Shake Milton? Shake Milton. I could get you his season-long numbers. Anything jump out to you there, Kevin, while we're going through those names? Some good, uh, good solid players. Um, it's tough. I don't know what his team looked like at the time. Right. But, you know. People like Ken Bazemore is somebody who's, you know, going to be on the back end of a team and, and produce. Well, maybe was... some of these. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, maybe, you know, there's, and I guess it depends. We'll see what the rest of his uh, his pickups look like. But I see people like, you know, Shake Milton, Bruce Brown. Like, I, you know, I'd take Bazemore or Reddick or House over either of them. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Ed is, he's, he's a, He's got an eye on the waiver wire at all times, and picks yep. up, he picks up some good ones in the midst. But, yeah. It's interesting to when we do these season reviews, guys like me and Benson do a lot of trades. Other guys are more patient and work really off the draft. And then you got some waiver wire managers. Uh, I mean, yeah. Ed got Cat and some other things in the draft, but, I mean, he really adds a lot to his team in the waiver wire. So it's crazy. Um, this year... On the season, he was 9.4 points, 2.6 assists, 2.2 rebounds, half a steal. But that's in just 20 minutes a game. Things were actually a little bit better for him in the playoffs. Yeah, the latter portion of the year. Um, in the playoffs, 
only played four games, but he played 31 minutes, okay. which shows a lot of trust. Yeah. Um, 14 and a half points, 3.3 rebounds, only 2.8 assists, which is pretty low from a point guard. But um, we'll see. I, I just don't know that he's good enough to long-term be what they want. Yeah, and I think Ed dropped him at the end of the year. He did. He did. So he's available. But I still insist on talking about Shake Milton. Yeah. He demands the attention. No, no, no. Um, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just, I'm yeah, just yeah, reminding yeah, myself yeah. that he's out there. So he's out there if somebody – Draft come draft night. Oh, yeah. Um, so out of Shake Milton, next up he uh, true to form, dropped Daniel House and added Goran Dragic. And then at the end of the season he dropped Shake Milton to bring his team back to 13. Uh-huh. But um, I actually – Goran Dragic looked good. He's a free agent. I think someone's going to bring him in to be a significant part of their team, and he could very well be working. in Miami? Maybe. If I were Milwaukee, I would be very interested in acquiring. He's going to make a third Phoenix, right? No, that is not the right answer. But, um, no, if he if he went to Philadelphia or Milwaukee, like I think he is good enough to maybe do what Shake Milton's not good enough to do, and that is – contribute as like the second or third ball handler in a good see, offense. I could also see Dallas bringing them in. That's that connection that Luca they play together. That I don't think they too. can afford him. They might not be able to, but I just think that that would be a good fit. I think they've got cap space, but they don't want to spend it until next year. Yeah. Um, but it all depends on what he wants. I mean, he's made a substantial amount of money. He can kind of go wherever he wants to go play. I just really, I'm just thinking about that. That'd be a really good fit. It would be. Well, because you've got a big lead creator, and he just has to be kind of your off-ball secondary option. Plus, you need a full. I think they're trying to get that all all white starting lineup, and that just make, could put you really close to that. So. <laughs> I doubt that's no, a priority. I, I don't think it's a priority. It's just a coincidence, but. Anyways. Um. But no, it's I, I if I were if I had Goran Dragic on my roster right now, I would be kind of happy with that, just based off of how he closed the season. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, we do. Do you mind if we go a little bit out of order and read another tweet? Tweet. Sure. Actually, we'll hit that at the end. No, okay. let's maintain tradition. All right, whatever. Well, yeah. I'm glad you had that conversation with yourself. I could care less. Okay, well, I obviously have multiple opinions, so let's talk through them. Um, but let, let's let's move on to our next team, the Rocky Mountain Goats. I told you all that I was the greatest of all time. With a, with a bighorn sheep on his logo, according to Ben Frederick. Um, I think technically that's correct, but <laughs> it's close enough, and it's, it's a it's much more... Family. It's a much more um, iconic animal, so I like the logo a lot better. Yeah. But he had one offseason trade as well. On July 26th, he traded away Hassan Whiteside and received Mikal Bridges. Two Whiteside trades in one, co- one podcast. Yes. We are Whiteside heavy. Um, I think that's a really good move. Mm-hmm. I think at the time I was not high on White or Mikal Bridges, but I was wrong. Mikal Bridges looks to be very good. He's recently traded for a lottery pick. Yeah. While Hassan Whiteside was recently traded for two not lottery picks. Yeah. So I like that for I like that move for him. We'll see that he ended up undoing that. He was a part of a, a later trade, but I think that's a, a savvy move. Um we'll move on to his draft though. It was 
similarly underwhelming. He had just one pick. He chose number at number 23, he chose Zaire Smith, who I had hopes for. He was a good prospect. I like I just character, his his will to win. Yes. And I, I I at the time I thought that he was I don't know. He's not as skilled as he needs to be. He's a good defender, but he's just not a good enough shooter. He he didn't play much in the NBA this year. He played in the G League a fair amount and wasn't even particularly good there. So as much as I enjoy Zaire Smith, I think it's it's over. Okay. I agree. No, but that was the extent of his draft. What are your thoughts on Bridges, Kevin? Mikel? It's uh it's easy to be be excited about a young a young kid who's just like gets better every time he's on the floor. Yeah, he does. So I uh, I think that that's a great pickup. I think you know in the next two to three years, Bridges is going to be really like a coveted fantasy asset wherever wherever he's at, whatever team he's on. He's the next Robert Covington potentially. Just and that is something. Yeah, that's something I love to have. Yeah. Wouldn't we all? Yeah, he's well, and and he's really good at basketball. I think in dynasty more than regular, more than redraft leagues, you have to look at like the overlap between actual basketball and fantasy basketball. I still laugh though yeah. about the about draft night with him. Oh, Wait, he thought he was going to Philadelphia, yeah. where, where his mom works. Yes, he was drafted there, and they're like, "How do you feel? This is so great. This is the one most wonderful thing ever." And they're like, "Oh, you just got traded to the Suns." He's like, "Oh." Well. <laughs> Maybe they should have traded his mom as he well. He seems happy, though. I would assume so. Yeah. Um, no, big fan. But we'll move great on bubble. to – He had a he had a great bubble. He did. He did have a great bubble. Um, no, he, he's, a, he's a really good ball player. I think he's going to see minutes for the foreseeable future. I think the defensive stats are good enough to make him constantly relevant. Yeah. Um, and I, I still think his shooting's going to get better. He was a better shooter in college, and then – before he joined the NBA, he changed his release. Did he play for Nova? Yes. Yeah. Um, he, he changed it to make it quicker, which is important. you got to have a quick release. Yeah. But he just – it kind of dropped off. Yeah. But I think the ability to be a very good three-point shooter is still there. Yeah. And so as he – if he can get that up to 40%, then he becomes that much more valuable, which won't benefit the GOATs because they traded him. But he demands to be talked about yeah. at least as much as Zaire Smith. Yeah. Um, moving on, though, he added Danny Green. Then his next move was to drop Danny Green and add Dwayne Bacon, who's a player that I never th- thought was good. Mm. I used to I used to watch Florida State when he and Jonathan Isaac were there, so I could watch Jonathan Isaac, and I'd think, why is this Bacon guy shooting so much? He's not good. Yeah, Josh Lloyd would talk up Bacon quite a bit, and I know Taylor likes listen listen to Josh Lloyd. So, well, he should listen to me. Would have saved him some Josh Bacon grief. Um, next up, he dropped Zaire Smith, October 18. So, I don't know. I kind of, I'm, I'm always curious how long it takes people to drop their draft pick. October 18's got to be real close to the fastest, though. Yeah. Um, he had a Lou Williams. Oh, Lou Williams on the waiver wire. Lou Williams was on the waiver wire. Okay. Um, Lou Williams wasn't that good this year. No. Um, next up, dropped Dwayne Bacon. So he hung on there for a couple of weeks. 
surely doing very little, but jacking up a bunch of shots. Added Chris Boucher. Dropped Seti Osmond. Chetty. Chetty Osmond. Oh. Osmond? I think Osmond. Kevin, you want to weigh in on this one? I always said Chetty Osmond. I think Chetty Osmond. I do not okay. want to weigh in on this one. Would you say Seti Osmond? <laughs> Maybe. Who even knows? <laughs> Chetty Osmond. Seti Osmond. Go on. Um, let's see. Added Mo Wagner. Dropped Chris Boucher, added Dante DiVincenzo. Boucher plays for the Raptors? That is correct. Yeah. Skinny right. center. He played. He, he picked up Dante DiVincenzo too? He did. Pick up Dante DiVincenzo on December, uh, November 19th. I was late to the party. Yes, you were. Not cool at all. They all thought Dante DiVincenzo was cool before he was even popular. Um, dropped Josh Akogi, added DeAnthony Melton. Dropped Dante DiVincenzo and then added Alfred Payton, who I think I think that was a pretty pretty good add. There's a Kevin guy. You want to weigh in on that? I miss Alfred Payton. I wish I would have picked him up off waivers. I'd still still have him. He uh, he's weird because he's like like he's not that good, but here's his assist totals for the last what five years or his assists per game. 6.4, 6.5, 7.2, excuse me, 6.2, 7.6, and then last year 7.2. So, I mean, that's, if that's all he did for you, it's like... Which it just about is. Well, he gets some steals. But, like, that... There's, there's there's nowhere else where you're going to find close to that many assists on the waiver wire. No. It's just yeah. assists are one of those... McConnell, maybe? Ugh. Why would I do that to myself, though? I'm just saying. Yeah, no, you're right. That's like the one category. That one in points, it's tough to find on the waiver oh, wire. Yeah. Um, so I think he did well to add him. He still wasn't ranked particularly high on the season, just 122 overall. But considering what he did, the the seven assists, the one and a half steals, that right there makes him worth owning, I think. I think that was a pretty savvy pickup um, and the savviest pickup of his season, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Oh, we kind of went out of order. I didn't even do the rest of his trades yet, but we'll, we'll cover his trades now then. Oh, so why don't you just finish the waiver? Wire we'll finish the waiver. Okay. okay. I'm good trades. with that. Um, roll. yes, we are rolling next up. He dropped his beloved Joe Ingles player that Aww. he's, I know it's kind of sad. Added Terrence Ross who had a pretty solid season, dropped Lou Williams and then what? When, how long did he have Lou Williams? When did you pick him up? When did you drop him? He picked up Lou Williams October 18 and then dropped him at the end of the season. Oh. Okay. Well, March 9. All right. Um, and then his last move was dropping Alfred Payton um, as a personal favor to Kevin, I believe. But he <laughs> he did that to pick up Jakob Pertl, which was a pretty hot waiver wow, wire. Um, I think there were three people that put in waiver claims for Pertl, and Taylor got him. Yeah. Um, he would then go on to trade Pirtle. So he got value out of him, which is pretty, you know, if you, if you can get value out of a is, free is, agent, is it's Alfred, useful. Sorry, is Alfred Payton then now available? Alfred Payton is currently available. And Kevin has the second overall pick, so. Oh, Ooh. are we breaking news? <laughs> Maybe he might be finding his way back home. <laughs> Maybe. It'll, it'll be interesting to see if the Knicks uh, – bring him back and let him start because he's got to get the minutes, but he got the minutes last year. Yep. 
finally. Just that one part. Oh, yeah, because he's, he's finally, finally coming home. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Um, he did have a couple other trades, though, that we'll go over. Uh, on December 13th, he traded Russell Westbrook and Derek White. Excuse me, he traded for Russell Westbrook and Derek White. And he gave up Mark Gasol and OG Ananobi. And ended up being a really good trade because... Who did you get again? Ru uh, Russell Westbrook and Derek White. Yeah. Um, Russell Westbrook was bad last year until about the time that Taylor traded him, and then he became a whole lot better. Mm. <laughs> uh, it worked out really well for him. And getting rid of Marcus, Marcus All before he decided to explain. Yeah, Marcus All is providing no value. Um, Wait, he has him now, though. Yes, he does have him. So. He he would later go on to trade for him. Not he he traded. Just kidding! You got screwed by Marcus All. Yes. Um, <laughs> But uh, but no, it. Uh, I think I think that was a really good trade. Even Derek White, like, are you convinced that OG Ananobi is better than Derek White? Yeah, you think I, so? Okay. Yeah, I, I think so. I am less convinced, and like, I I'm the captain of the OG Ananobi fan club. I think, mm -hmm. but I just I just don't know that he's necessarily a fantasy basketball star his game doesn't translate the way i want it to um well that doesn't always have to be about you bryce i guess not <laughs> um i feel like i feel like there's this conception that russell westbrook's game is going to fall off soon which is why i think he's bounced around our league so much for being a top 10 player yeah but i just don't see it i do i think because the problem is, like, he went from being bad to being good because they changed his position. Like, they took him from being a shooting guard and basically made him a power forward so that he didn't ever have to shoot because I don't think he can really shoot anymore. It's weird, but he can't do it. Like, his his field goal percentage, his three-point percentage, his free throw percentage have all dropped off in the pe past couple of years. And so I just – I don't know. I don't know what he is. He's, like, the weirdest player in the NBA because he's mostly playing like center on offense, even though he's like six foot three, six foot four, something like that. It's weird. And unless he's in that really weird Houston system, I would worry that he'll drop off. I mean, he's certainly worth a lot more than Mark Gasol, who may or may not live in America next year. I guess he didn't last year because he was in Toronto. I mean, but his, his field goal percentage last year was 47. It's because he was playing I center. Guess, it was just everything was at the rim. Okay. I guess I, I see Russell Westbrook still having four to five years of being a top 20 player. Um, well, he was number 150 or he was number 56 last year. But if you, if you ignore turnovers, then that probably changes substantially. Yeah. yeah. But no, he is, he's still giving you like the massive stat line, almost, 26 points. Yeah, it's almost 30 points a game, seven assists, eight rebounds. Yeah, but the uh, the percentages get pretty hard to take at a certain point. And like I said, it, he's a weird fit in the NBA. Um, the field goal percentage bumped up, but like I said, it's because he's playing center on offense. So can you match his tenacity and his could passion? Could I match his passion? Yes. But could most people? I don't think so. Oh. Okay. I'm a, I'm a very passionate man. Um, but no, he dropped down to like 1.03s per game. That's tough to stomach from – a guy who's ostensibly a point guard. Uh, it, but 
if he got him in exchange for Mark Gasol, who has no value at all, that's pretty pretty clear win in my opinion. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, we'll see how long it lasts. If it lasts, does he does he you know does he hang on to him? How old is he? Thirty one. Almost almost thirty almost thirty two. He'll be 32 going into the next season. Okay. Okay. Um, and then his final trade was the big five-way trade, which a large percentage of our league took part in. Well, five. Five out of 14. I don't know what that works out to in terms of percentages. Kevin probably does. I'm sure they go over that in math, in uh, business school. It's about 30. About 30. I mean, if about's good enough for business school, then... I guess we'll we'll accept that. <laughs> but um, he traded away he traded away Kevin Durant, Mikal Bridges, and the Rainbow Riders 2021 first round pick and received Buddy Heald, Nikola Vucevic, and Mike Conley. Yikes. Um uh, talk us through it, buddy. Well, is, is, is everybody still expecting Mike Conley to, to return to his Memphis form? Uh, no. Cause, yeah, because I just don't – I don't see it. Vucevic, very good while he's on the um, – while he's on the Magic. I, I just – he better stay there. I don't see him doing much else anywhere, you know, anywhere else where he's not a clear 1A or 1B option. Which is dangerous because I don't think like if you want to win in the playoffs, Nikola Vucevic better not be your clear one A option. Yeah, um, something that I'm sure Orlando's learned over the uh, years and years and years and years and years in which he's led them to the seventh or eighth or ninth best team in the Eastern Conference. Um, which I, I I I guess Taylor, I mean. Realistically, guys, looking at this, Taylor was a half game out from being our champion this year. Yeah, he he had a, another – predictably, he had another very good season. Vucevic was actually ranked, like, number 16 overall. Yeah. Like, that was – So – Vucevic provided so, a lot of value. Right. It, it was a pretty successful push. And, you know, given, given a full season, who knows how it would have ended. Yeah, trading – Kevin Durant for another top 15, top 20 player when you're in, in the title chase is probably a good move so that you, you don't, you're not carrying injured players, you know, when you have an opportunity to really put up some big stats and push for the championship. Yeah, just push that trash on to Ben Frederick, you know? <laughs> coward. A coward? I'm not a coward. Would a coward have this? What the hell is that? These are my words, Mother, from Army. Um, just going over the – on Yahoo's ranking, Vucevic number 17, Heald at number 59, and Conley at number 181, although he was much better second half than first well, half. Vooch is the big piece of that, but I, I, I agree with Kevin. Conley's not much going to be going forward, and I don't actually don't think Heald is going to be that much going forward. Who knows what Heald's going to be. But it was very much a trade. It was very much a trade to win this season. Yeah, um, I think I think the goats are start are are kind of eyeing a rebuild in a couple of years, and so didn't he say? And I quote, like three weeks ago, I will not rebuild. He lies to himself and others. 
Um, I don't believe him. I believe his actions more than his words, and his actions are that he plans on rebuilding in like the 2023 season. Well, Taylor, when you hear this tweet at big underscore vertical, and let us know if you really are planning a rebuild. Um, and I won't believe you if you say no. But like th- this, this is just him trying to get one more title out of that, and so it makes a lot of sense. It's just it's a real shame that a pandemic robbed us of our fantasy basketball playoffs and championship. Yeah. Yeah. But that is... Is that the end of the free agent acquisitions? Yeah, we're done with free agents and trades. And trades. And draft. And draft. Okay. Um, So is that it? That's it. Kevin, do you have anything you want to add on Taylor's season or even Ed's season for that matter? You know what's interesting about Taylor's team? Taylor's two best players are Anthony Davis and Damian Lillard. Both drafted one and two by Bram many years ago. That is a fun tidbit. Yeah. Those those two those two have been paired up on a lot of teams in our league. Good chemistry. I won't let that money define me. I let my struggles refine me. I know my angels behind me. Little Dame, little Dame dollar drop. <laughs> Uh, but no, it's 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 an excellent team, and probably will be for a few more years. Cool. And then it'll rebuild. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what, were, what, what was his team name be during those rebuild years? I assume it'll maintain the same. The goats. Yeah, yeah. It. Uh, I wouldn't change it. Yeah. Right. Especially after that logo. Oh, it's, put out it's there. sharp. It's so good. It's sharp. It's the best logo in the league. <laughs> he. It's so uh, good. He, I was so mad because I had released my, my new logo like a couple weeks prior, or like a couple days prior, it seemed like, and I was like pretty proud of it, and then Taylor released his, and I was like, dang it. Do you want another? Uh... Uh, Brandon, Brandon made both of them, but I mean, it's, it's the I, I gave him the creative vision, and Brandon did beautifully what I asked him to do, but uh, Taylor's was just better. A logo needs to be simple and clean. I know, mine's a little busy. Do you want to hear an inside story about Taylor's finances? He uh, he ordered a bunch of shirts with his logo on it, and then he ordered. He he kept adding to the the order, like to get shirts for his kids. And then he decided he wanted hoodies, and he ordered some hoodies. And then his wife wanted a hoodie, so he got a hoodie. And then his wife saw the email in which the total price was listed, and she got quite angry with him. But he went with just gutting out the angry. And after a couple of days, it went away, and now he's just getting a whole bunch of stuff for a price that he can afford, but makes his wife angry. That's interesting. It is, and I'm looking forward to getting a Rocky Mountain Goat shirt. The man that has the um, the massage chair at the draft night. Well, he may have spent roughly the same amount on shirts. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's all allocated. It's a write-off. It's a business expense. I would assume so. Yeah. All right, well, uh, I guess that moves us on to the next portion of the show. Uh, let's go ahead and hit up that mailbag. Here's the mail, it never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Uh, we've got two questions, one about each team, so we'll hit them both. Um, the first comes from Taylor Gohagen, who asks, what players should the goats target to help put him over the top? Is he just trying to get help? Maybe. I mean, he needs Taylor, it. Taylor, you're being lazy. 
he needs it. He's only got one title, and he needs another one in the next two years before he rebuilds. What players should the GOATs target to help put them over the top? Kelly Oubre, Bam Adebayo. Just kidding. Those are my players. I just like trades. Oubre is not a bad choice because it gives him somebody who can help him this year, but also when he starts his rebuild in 23, he'll either have a a young piece still so, in his prime who still has trade value, or he can hang yeah. on to that and just coast through the rebuild if he wants to do like a quick rebuild. So I would say t- players that fit his, his build, so let's not hurt any categories, right? Uh, I would say players under the age of 26 and – let's say top 60. So I think that's a good, that would be like the search filter, if you will. I, to me, I think the obvious choice is Kyle Lowry. I think Lowry fits his realistic timeline and he's available. Yeah. I know that they've had talks Lowry, on that before. Well, that's how, that's how the trade talks go is it switches. Um, <laughs> I know. But, but no, I, I think that one makes sense. The problem is, I don't know that he's ready to commit to that hard rebuild in 23, and so he doesn't want somebody that old, which I think is a mistake. He wants a, quote, quick rebuild, unquote. My quote, not his quote. Retool. Yeah, which I just don't think is going to work. He's kind of got one foot in two lands. And he needs to make his, his Is this mind. the only question for the mailbag? No, we have one okay. for... The other team. I don't know how much time we should waste you know, on this question. You know, I think it's a good question, and I, I think that Kevin's answer is certainly not going to be a waste of time. No, I want to hear Kevin's answer. <laughs> you know, for Taylor, I think actually probably one of the best pickups he can get is Jeremy Lin. Jeremy Lin. He's back. You're going to have to sell me on that one He's because I'm back. skeptical. Would you have Jeremy Lin or DeAnthony Melton? Um, how many minutes is Lin going to get? I will say – Taylor loves to draft point guards that aren't very good. Gal McHale. Gal McHale. DeAnthony Melton. T. Dosich. Um, who's the – Milos T. Dosich. Who's the guy who was kind of good for the Suns this year in the bubble? Uh, oh, Cameron Payne. Cameron Payne. He had Cam Payne. He had Shane Larkin. That's just like – like I have my type of – I don't know if he ever had John, – Johnny Flynn predated that. Yeah. Like 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 I I love Bismack Biombo style no skill big Everybody man. Has their type. And Taylor's type is point guards that aren't very good. Me and Bram have the same type. We tend to go after those shooting guards. Like and and I love those. beautiful Europeans. There you go. Well, yours has been treating you better since your Europeans are all good. <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't hardly seem fair. <laughs> I mean, Jokic, yes. Or let me say, Giannis, yes. Luca, yes. Jokic, is he really that beautiful? It's a beautiful game. Yeah. Um, anyway, hopefully that's enough help for the goats. We also had another question from Taylor about the keyboard cat. He says, was the keyboard cat season derailed by just injury or by player fit slash team direction? Injury. I think it's mostly injury. He had a lot of. Very major injuries. Towns missed time. Young missed time. Isaac missed time. The sad thing is I think next year it's going to be the same thing because well, Isaac's, Isaac's, out, Isaac's out for the year. I would I would, uh, I would, make some offers for Isaac. I've tried. I'm sure. And they've been insultingly low. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember what they were. but I remember you told me and I said, oh, that's a shame. 
Yeah. Your thoughts, Kevin? Here's, here's the big question about Ed's team that I have. When is Ed going to give up on the Markel Fultz experiment? Uh, well, I think the Markel Fultz experiment got a new uh, – got a little kickstart this year because he was kind of okay. Kind of. He was okay in, 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 in whatever, but the uh, – Orlando. But I had offered Ed Montrez Harrell at one point in the first round or I can't remember. I don't remember what it was, but for Fultz and – he said to me, I should probably take this trade, but I'm not going to. He, he's also said, I'm going to ride Markel Fultz until the, either the wheels fall off or he's retired. Which is an odd thing to say about a player who never actually had wheels to begin with. Like, <laughs> like I, I definitely agree with the spirit of Kevin's question. I said that he was kind of good this year. Kind of good meant uh, 151. Which is not actually very good. Is there a particular category that's really digging that up? Like Westbrook and the turnovers? It's more that he's just not that good at anything. Like he's okay at assists with five assists a game. Okay at steals at 1.2 and everything else is kind of bad. 12 points, which is bad. 0.53s, which is bad. 3.2 rebounds, which is bad. 46% field goal, whatever. Um, 73, 74% free throw. That's not acceptable from a, a point guard. And the problem is he's a point guard who can't shoot and point guards who can't shoot either have to be great or they're just not going to get minutes. With, like, I don't know. He played 28 minutes a game, but I don't think he helped Orlando. I don't think he's going to help them in the future. I mean, if I had Markel Fultz, I would trade him. And if I couldn't trade him, I would drop him. Yeah, I like Mark Fultz. Well, if I were you, I well, if I were Ed, I would trade him to you. I'm sure there's a trade that could be had there. I would, I would, uh, I would take a flyer for a year or two. Yeah. I got the patience with right now, like with the with the rebuild. Okay. I'm I, trying to uh, win anything. Okay. But um, I definitely see where you're coming from, though. Tyler also asked if you or Taylor. Tyler. Tyler Hero. Taylor, who is Tyler who is a friend of mine whose name I know, also asked if Keyboard Cat was going to make a first round bye week. I'm not sure that I would have him as a playoff team right now. If Isaac were healthy, I would definitely have him as a playoff team. But the problem is like A, he's miss, missing his third best player. And B, he's already got his IR full for the entire season. And that, that's a tough pill to swallow because you're always going to have injuries show up year over year. And if if your injuries just mean that you've got zeros in the lineup while everybody else gets to use an IR, that puts you at a major disadvantage. So I'm not sure that I would have – he's a playoff contender, but he's by no means a lock. All right. How about you, Kevin? Are you a playoff lock? A lock? Lock. Could be. Could be. Contender then? Contender for sure. Better than the keyboard cat? Uh, I think so. Question. Yeah. You ask me awkward. if I'm better than keyboard cat, see how awkward it is. Against each other. <laughs> um, without doing a lot of research, I would take I would take you over keyboard cat next year. Yeah, I mean it it depends. What's the over under on cat getting you know, over 40 games next year. Oh, I think he'll be fine. 
I think I think Towns is. I, I don't worry about his health. What was his injury exactly? I don't know. Okay. Well, pending that information, I will make my assessment. That's what the intelligent man would do. Get all the facts. I just assume <laughs> that it's not long term. Um, he hurt his left wrist. Yeah, he'll be fine. I agree. He'll be just fine. Because he was like, what, 82 a game locked before this season? Yeah, there's no such thing as 82 a game locked, though. I mean, almost, though. It was a broken wrist, and the team feels positive as of June 10th. So, I mean. So I would assume in October they're feeling really positive. Very, very positive. All right, did Taylor tweet any more questions? No, that's show? the extent of our questions. Okay. Um, all right, Ke Kevin, anything, anything else you want to add? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, good, good, uh, good job on the draft lottery, getting that second pick. Uh, I worked hard. Yeah. Do you guys just want to tell everybody who, what one and two are going to be? Take the suspense if away. I tell one, will you tell two? Uh, Here's what, here's what uh, it's an ever-changing process. It's an ever-evaluating process. And this particular draft year is there's no design. There's no clear-cut number one. So I will say as of today, I would probably take Lamella Ball. But I have a lot of research to do up until our draft night. And it's I'm not it's not a lock by any means. Is it a smoke screen just to trick everybody and throw them off the trail the way the Golden State Warriors supposedly like everybody in the they lottery? Like, they like Wiseman and they like FDE. They're, they've got about 10 guys that it's been leaked they we really, really like. like uh, this guy. Um everybody except Which I don't understand Ball. because you just get the second pick so well, yeah, but you're building up, like, if everybody's, if somebody's sitting there thinking, oh, man, I really want Weissman, and Golden State wants him, we better trade up to get him. And then you have to trade with Golden State to get the guy you want instead of hoping that he falls to you. Yeah, so in that case, I, I there's a bunch of guys I like. Yep. Crafty smokescreen, buddy. Any smoke screens, Kevin? Uh, you know, I, I'm not even sold on keeping my pick this year. That might be something I try to move. And really try to maybe get a solid piece to, you know, make make sure I'm in the playoffs this next year. So you can back of, up all the the trash you've been talking about, Ed, here on the podcast. Yeah, I that, mean that makes it, sense. It's, it's a two horse race, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> a bold claim from a bold man. I like it. <laughs> all right. Well, we're we're uh, right at the time, so if we don't have anything else, we can go ahead and close it up. Button up this hatch, and we'll see you next week. Thank you, Kevin. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. This is it. Ryan is doing my intro right now. Thunder Mifflin can't compete with the modern chains, and management is unwilling or unable to adapt. Their customers are dying off. I can't hear what he's saying, but he looks like he's really into it. And now, 
Without further ado, I present the Regional Manager of Dunder Mifflin Scranton, Michael Scott. <clears throat> Please, thank you. What have we here? Ooh, economics. Very, very interesting. You cannot learn from books. Replace these pages with life lessons, and then you will have a book that is worth its weight in gold in order to have a payday. And if you sell enough of them, you will make a 100 grand. Satisfied? <laughs> <laughs> 